2: Welcome back everybody to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number seventy, and I am joined here today by a first time guest. Welcome to the show, Jasmine.
3: Hello everyone. Hello.
2: Um, it's been a long time since we've had a first time guest on, so I wanted to start off first of all with a a uh, little bit of background. I guess just talk about yourself a little bit, um, mm-hmm. especially like how you got started as a wrestling fan, maybe. And then also how you got started as a New Japan fan, specifically, since that's today's topic.
3: A wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan since, like, forever. My parents were huge into wrestling in the 90s with the Attitude Era. My mom still has the biggest crush on The Rock. (laughs) But, like, with New Japan, I was just... It was the cool internet thing in, like, 2014. So I just hopped on the bandwagon. I've been here ever since.
2: Wow, I didn't realize you were that much of a New Japan veteran, too that's pretty cool yeah, yeah you've, been been a, you've been you've been on here there for a while yeah um who are, who are you like really into originally like who is your big new japan person right
3: away originally yeah and you're gonna kind of hate me for this originally <laughs> it was aj styles It's <laughs> okay i mean look his
2: his, his new japan run was good i can't really sit here and argue with anyone who says it was good I, mean,
3: I don't really care for him <laughs> now, but something about him then was, like, super cool. And now he's just, like, some guy with a bad soccer mom haircut.
2: <laughs> I know. I haven't seen a lot of his uh, WWE stuff this year, but what I have seen hasn't been very good. But I've heard I've, – I know people have told me he's had better matches, like, yeah. on the TV if you watch it. But Yeah, like,
3: I do catch SmackDown sometimes, and usually his matches on TV tend to be <laughs> better than his pay-per-view matches. Which yeah. Is
2: which is really weird. I know it's like very, like if you just watch the pay you'd think he's like fucking terrible now, honestly. Yeah, honestly. but yeah, um, but yeah, 2014. That's definitely a big AJ period, and it's funny because like I, right before I recorded this, like a few days ago, I had just done, um, oh god, Wrestle Kingdom nine, I guess would be the number, the 2015 cool. one that's like Nakamura Bushi, you yeah. know. AJ Naito and Okada Tanahashi, and that's such an awesome show still. Like I, I got really? to go back and watch a bunch of that just for, like, to record that podcast, um, like, on the eggshells thing. So oh, that yeah. was really, it was really fun. That's such an awesome show. But yeah, I did watch AJ Naito, so I just saw AJ, like, in his New Japan element. And there even at a match set.
3: really cool about, like, that whole era of Bullet Club. Like, it's changed yeah. so much since then.
2: Yeah, they were, I don't know, I'm trying to think when it like really started <laughs> becoming like less and less like interesting. cause there was that was that whole period where they were like in I don't know it still felt kind of special to have them in Ring of Honor too at the same time. Yeah. Like I like I wonder because you and I you and I are both local. Were you at the Ring of Honor? Did you, first of all do you go to Ring of Honor New York shows? I've been to a few. Did you go go to the one I think the one where Jay Lethal won the Ring of Honor world title and also it was like AJ and the Bucks against the Kingdom? It was like a Terminal, whatever Uh, that thing.
3: No, I didn't go
2: to that one. I had to think about it. That's a show that I remember pretty well. It's like the Bull Club feeling special in Ring of Honor still, because like they just had this really wild six-man tag against like uh, Adam Cole and the rest of the kingdom. I'm not usually into any of those people, but they, the six-man tag still, it it was really fun. So I'm I'm a big kingdom fan, so I
3: take offense to that.
2: Who, I don't even, I mean, I don't know anything about the current Ring of Honor, honestly. I mean, I barely watched him this year. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, they, they were okay.
3: I don't, I don't know. I trying, the thing that has changed, like, a lot <laughs> since then, too, because, you know. Yeah, I don't hate Matt Taven or anything. He's just, I thought the amount of hate he gets online sometimes is a little bit like.
2: He's really accurate. leaned into
3: it. Like, he knows <laughs> when to be a dick about it. And that's great. Yeah.
2: Are you going to Final Battle by the way?
3: Probably not.
2: Fine. And I'm I was, completely honest with you. I have two tickets to it and I'm I keep going back and forth on whether or not I want to go, but or just unload them. But I think I'm gonna go because now they announced Zach Sabre and Jonathan Gresham, which
3: sounds That should really, be amazing.
2: Yeah, that sounds really good. So that might be like <laughs> that that's like my drawing match right now. Yeah. So I might it be I worth might, it for that yeah um but yeah so very so new japan like 2014 into 2015 it's a really cool period um it's it's a cool period to jump in i guess i i usually like i'm it's it's a really rare answer i feel like 2014 i feel like whenever i ask people this question like it's always the two periods i get all the time are like 2013 that was like a real big jump in period. Like the 2013 G1. And then all, and then if, if they weren't in then, then they came in like 2017.
3: Yeah, 2017 so, was a big one. Like yeah. a lot of my close friends like really got into it in 2017. Like, you know Burr. Burr got into it in 2017. And, yeah. and we, we would stay up and watch the G, 2017 G1. Like it would be like five in the morning, Eastern time. It'd yeah. be, like, 10 in the morning for her. And would be up on Rabbit watching live.
2: Yo, it's not fair at those Euros. They get, like, such better times than us to watch. Yeah, like, the they get stuff. to have
3: their morning coffee and watch wrestling. <laughs> I know. It's not fair. Not at um,
2: all. But the, those, the one they get screwed on there, right, I guess, is the DDT, those noon shows. Yeah. Because we'll, that would be, like, 5 a.m. for them. So that's, like, a little too early. Yeah. So, but... Um, but yeah, so that's that's cool though. 2014. It's just a very rare answer, and and what I've done these. So that was cool. Um, who like who like for your New Japan fandom? Obviously, you just mentioned AJ, but like who were some of your favorites? I guess not up into today.
3: Well, you know, I feel like Shinsuke is a very obvious answer, especially for anyone who got into New Japan around that time. But like, still looking back everything he did was just so cool in New Japan. And it seems like he lost that like up until recently in WWE. Yeah. Kind of sad when you think about it.
2: I didn't even know he got it back, honestly. It.
3: Something <laughs> about, about really him pain. being just like a heel and just like being a jerk about everything is so great. And it's what he needed rather than being just like cool Asian guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, he definitely felt like he was losing... He didn't have his edge in WWE. Like, he... Had, they had, they they got the goofy dancing part down, but like they didn't have the part where he just is supposed to be a badass. So I guess the heel version is more is closer to that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Shinsuke, you know he 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 was very very inconsistent, but like when he's on, he's produced some of my favorite matches ever. Like obviously the Ibushi one, but also yeah. the. The G1 final, Tanahashi is another one in 2015. That's like one of my favorite matches ever.
3: Mm -hmm. The whole Shinsuke-Tanahashi rivalry is like another huge favorite. Yeah. I think I've seen almost every single match they've had together,
2: which is a lot. (laughs) I really like the the one they had the dome for the under 30 title. Oh, yeah. That one's really, really good. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so early on, and you can like they're just both like babies, but it's, it's such a good match. Yeah,
3: baby Tanashi is so weird because he's like so beefy, but he still looks like a twelve-year-old. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
2: Um, but yeah, so Shinsuke's a cool answer, and now obviously the reason why I'd originally invited you on here is because you know you're obviously a big stand for evil. It's right okay. there in your Twitter, right there in your Twitter bio. So going up through today. Of course, I figured there'd be no better person for a show where evil's main eventing.
3: I just want to preface this by saying, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed.
2: (laughs) I heard someone say he's like the new Goto now, and the comparison is becoming very sadly apt. He's
3: younger Goto. That's it.
2: Yeah. Or like he he can win in the G, he can win in tournaments, basically. But, like, in these title matches, he never seems to quite get it done. Except, I guess, he won the never title from Chibata for, like, two weeks. Or whatever. <laughs> in Singapore. <laughs> Which still looks oh, so please. weird. Yeah, it looks so weird. Um, but, yeah, before we get into Power Struggle now, I mean, the one thing I noticed when I was looking, you know, I just... I'd already asked you to be on that I saw that you didn't really like the show. So, that'll be, I guess, interesting. Because I thought the show was pretty great. So... I guess we'll have to compare and contrast. We'll get note. into that. Yeah. Um, so it opened up. It was Power Struggle, of course, this past Sunday from uh, another sold-out Ideon Arena Osaka. It opened up with an eight-man tag. Uh, Ryusuke Takuchi, Chris Saban, ACH, and Toa Hanare, defeating Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask, Volador Jr., and Soberano Jr. Uh, this only went about 6'10", and Takuchi pinned Soberano with the double team Dadone um this was really like nothing like there really wasn't anything to this was only, only six minutes it was completely fine I don't really have a lot to say about it I don't know if you have anything
3: to say about it but I will say New Japan needs well every promotion needs a lot more Chris Saban going into 2019 because he's mm. great and like Shelley's not around to basically steal the spotlight so why aren't more people giving it to him
2: I thought him and Kushida were one of the like sleeper highlights of the tag tour, of the tag junior tag league. Um, they're pretty good, so I like that. They, they had a couple matches I liked. So they gel and
3: together I, really well.
2: He's facing Jay Lethal on Friday. I want to say I, I can't remember. There's four of these fucking shows. I can't remember which it is, but I know he's. I know he's facing Jay Lethal in a non-title match, and ring on this Ring of Honor Global Wars tour. By I, I think it's Friday. It might be Thursday, but it's either way. This week. Yeah, I mean, either way, that could be good. Um, totally. Match number two, a six-man tag team match, the Bullet Club OGs, Tamatanga, Tongaloa, and Robbie Eagles. Actually, I guess you could just say Bullet Club now. I think yeah. I had to get in that habit after going on the OGs for like the past four months. Um, they defeated Togi Makabe, Tomoyaki Homa, and Kushida. 739, Tamatanga pinning Kushida with the gun stun. Um before we get into the match, actually, do you have any opinions? Because you, you brought it up before about the Bullet Club, you know, being cool at one point and maybe not being cool anymore. What do you think of the what the OGs slash I guess now just Bullet Club? Like what do you think of that effort?
3: I to... think it's a step in the right direction because Bullet Club was supposed to be like cool, badass foreigners, not a bunch of goofy white dudes. <laughs>
2: They're supposed to be heels, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I'm glad you said, because I actually agree. And I think, I feel like it's kind of a hot, it might be kind of a hot take, but I I think the, the J White slash uh, G.O.D. book club, you know, they fit the actual original theme of the unit a lot better than uh the elite version that we've had for the past few years. So Indeed. I'm not saying I'm running out to buy a t-shirt or anything, but it is. A lot more, I think a lot more fun and a lot more uh, close to the spirit of the unit. So I yeah. will
3: say one thing that I've noticed on Twitter.com, I've got complaints is I've seen people calling Jay the new leader leader of the Bullet Club. He's like nowhere near the leader of the Bullet Club. He's just <laughs> a white guy. <laughs> he like claims he's not <laughs> only claimed the here.
2: He claims he's not the leader too, so I don't know. But um but I mean, there was that th- during that whole original Bull Club. It wasn't really clear if Carl Anderson or uh, Devitt were the was the leader. So, I guess if you go with that again, where it's like you could be like, is Tom the leader? Is Jay White the leader? We I don't know if you've there's heard...
3: no leader, like how Lij says they don't have a leader.
2: Yeah, that's true. Have you heard the rumors about Tanahashi joining? No. This was on this is on the Super J cast. Uh shout out to them on this same network. But one of the hosts mentioned on this past week's show that they got it from a pretty good source that steered them correctly in the past that that's something that's being talked about at least or in the works is to do a Tanahashi heel turn and join the Bullet Club. Which is one of those ideas that when you first hear it just it sounds so insane <laughs>
3: that you're yeah, just that- like I can't even, like, my brain can't even comprehend any of
2: that. I mean, that's basically where I'm at. When I heard that one, too, I was like, what the, f- what would that even be? Just, but, um, but, yeah, Tanahashi, so the one part that makes me think maybe, I mean, there's two things, honestly, that would make me think maybe it's true. First of all, Tanahashi has actually talked repeatedly, like, apparently on his podcast and stuff, and what I understand, that he wants to do, like, a real heel run before he retires. Yeah. So... That that's a factor, and the other factor is, let's say, the elite guys are gone, or most of them, or something, and that's why they're moved out of Bullet Club. You maybe they think that that like um, Jay White and the people there isn't strong enough to like, you know, keep the T-shirt sales going, basically, and they need and they need something really big to like make sure the brand stays hot, and that's this Tanahashi thing. I don't know. It would be, be so crazy. Like, it's such a crazy
3: idea that I'm just like... That I don't would even make, know. That would make so many things so much more interesting. Because, you know, Jay versus Tanahashi has been, like, the big rival he's had since he's returned from right. his excursion. So like, how would that work with them being in the same group? That's... I almost wonder if it, if it would be, like...
2: So So the, to compare it to something that happened in uh, Toriumon in, like, 2004... When Masaki Mochizuki was supposed to be retiring, that was the idea. Crazily enough, that was supposed to be the idea <laughs> in 2004 that he was supposed to be retiring soon. He he said he wanted one last heel run before he retired. So he turned heel and joined um, Agan Izu. But the heel turn only lasted about six months before he like went back babyface. So I almost wonder if the idea would be Tanashi turns heel. It's a big shock thing. He joins Bullet Club, big shock thing. But it's really just a setup tanahashi and jay white again maybe for the following year at the dome in 2020 or something and you know you just have the two of them you know coexist in the unit the same way like okada and jay white did this year and maybe tease a little tension at some point and then you know then they all kick tanahashi out and he goes back baby face yeah i feel like it could be something like that just a spit balling but yeah so that's a interesting rumor that we'll see i guess I the like I said when I first heard it it's so it was so insane that I just I wasn't even sure honestly what to make of it but the more I thought about it, the more I was like hmm maybe there's something to this uh, but back to this match here first of all Taiji Shimori was out there on crutches um, you know which he looked he was moving okay and he would even get involved in the finish so it's good news that he's not more seriously injured. Um, you just had like a, apparently like a, I think it was a left ankle injury during mm-hmm. the tour. Um, so this was okay. I thought, um, there was a really cool spot where Kushida blocked the gunstone from Tamatanga, like right into an arm bar. Uh, that looked pretty cool. And then towards the finish, like Jado got involved. Uh, Kushida kicked out of the kendo stick roll up at two. Ishimori comes in and hits him with a crutch and it leads to Tamahe in the stamp for the pin. Um, I basically just had it written down. That it was boring, kind of boring early, but after the the hot tag, it was I thought it was pretty fun, leading into like a really fun finish, and then Ishimori continues attacking Kushida after the match, raises up the junior title belt. So clearly, as we would find out for sure a few days later, that is the junior title match at the Tokyo Dome. Um, what do you think of this one?
3: Well, the only thing, like my literally my only note to that match were like. Only thing that matters is the finish, which really is like the rest of the match. It could have been anyone out there as long as that finished happened. Yeah. But my big thing is kind of depend, it's, I, I'm thinking beyond the match already, where my sort of prediction going into 2019 is that Ishimori wins the junior title and his first defense would be against Haromu, who's supposed to be coming back soon. I don't know if you heard about yeah, that. Yeah, he
2: said 85%, right? That yeah. a
3: he said like a number of days, not even like oh, a wow. little bit over a month he was supposed to be coming back. That's crazy. But I'm thinking that like this has to be some sort of setup as a rematch for the final of Best of the Super Juniors.
2: Yeah, which is my match of the year, so I'd be very pleased with that. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think the finish was the most important part. Then we got into match number three, Okada and Beretta defeating Jay White in Bad Luck Fale. Uh, this also went very short, only 432. Uh, Beretta actually pinned Fale with a basically like a Huracurana roll-up, uh, I guess you could say. I mean, that was a pretty stunning finish. By far the biggest pin I think Beretta's ever gotten as a heavyweight, even though it was a um you know a flash pin but maybe I, I almost maybe wonder if they're tipping their hand a little bit with the u.s title but i guess that it just feels like for him to get a pin that big maybe he might be winning it but you know i'm not really sure um mm-hmm. but yeah this there is a uh i thought the, the highlight of the match was right at the right at the start where okada hit that huge die to the floor like as soon as he hit the ring and chuck taylor on commentary just yelled beat that ass which I thought was, <laughs> that was the best part of this by far. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. And, you know, it was it was a really wild brawl. And I like the Okada-White feud. It's continued building that pretty well. Uh, obviously, it only went four and a half minutes. So not, not a ton else you can say about it, though.
3: Okay. Going into this match, I for sure thought Baretta was going to turn on Okada. I thought this was it. You
2: thought he was the mole, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
3: And like, I wasn't the only one who thought this. Like, a lot of people were going into that match saying, like, okay, Greg's for sure going to turn on Will <laughs> right? And like, he, he, he didn't do it. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like.
2: Maybe there is no mole. <laughs> Maybe Jay, went Liger to being said out. he
3: knows who the mole is. And it was somebody who, in that match. Wait, who so, said that? Liger? Yeah, on commentary, apparently. Oh, wow. Wow. That's crazy. So it was someone in that match, allegedly. Allegedly um I that I that
2: who the fuck else could that be that I don't know <laughs> like, yeah, like, my um, money's on Baretta okay, so it could still be Beretta. I guess we'll say um then we have match number four uh, Kenny Omega gracing us with his presence on the store here and <laughs> Wakona Ibushi to defeat Hiroshi Takahashi and David Finley in nine forty seven uh, Bushi putting David Finley with the golden trigger uh, before we get into the match what do you? What are your thoughts on the Tanahashi Omega feud so far?
3: I think this highlights how, like, a lot of foreigners in Japan rely on laziness to get heat. Like, if you, if Tanahashi's working an entire tour and he's, like, he's got, like, a good almost decade on you, you have no excuse to, like, not show up for it And then just say, Well, I'm too good for you. Like, I'm busy on my boat. (laughs) Like, you're just some Canadian dude with bad hair. Like, you're not special, my guy. Kenneth Jerome Omega should be showing up to more of these shows. That's my opinion on this whole feud, is that like he should be showing up more.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a complaint. I think I really hate the. I don't know. I'm just like, when I watch. A wrestling show, I just want to hear two guys like talk about how they're going to beat the other guy because they're better. I don't want to hear two guys talk about how like my style of wrestling is better than yours and your style of wrestling is uh, makes me sad. Like, I, I, it honestly feels like one of those kind of things where like if WWE did this, like people would complain a lot and justifiably, I think it would deserve complaints. But New Japan does it, and people just kind of like give him a pass on it. I don't. I don't really understand why.
3: Yeah, I would say like a big thing is I think Kenny Omega gets a pass on a lot of things that like guys who, if they weren't him, would would be torn to shreds by people on the internet. Yeah, I agree. Like how Lesnar doesn't show up for big events. Like neither does Omega half the time, and no one talks about that. But everyone has a problem with. Brock not showing up for a pay-per-view.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is hypocritical by some people. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the actual match goes, I mean, the other thing I want to say about the Kenny not showing up thing, I, I, cause I heard again on super J cast and some other people saying, well, you know, what does it matter if Kenny doesn't show up on these tours? I mean, the problem isn't necessarily that Kenny being there would make these shows like so much better. If he's just in a random tag, the problem is more like when you're watching these Cork shows and Kenny's not there. And Tanahashi is, like, in a tag match against Kota Ibushi playing Kenny Stand-In. It just feels, like, really fucking dumb. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it like, just
2: feels really... It
3: feels, you know what it feels like? Like, the perfect metaphor for this. It, it's like Tanahashi's been talking to a brick wall, brick wall. Yeah. And somewhere on the other side of that wall <laughs> is Kenny Omega.
2: Like, the Wrestle Kingdom build is, like, Tanahashi feuding with himself. Because Kota... Hard. Because Kota Ibushi doesn't, Kota doesn't have any problem with Tanahashi, and he's if you watch those post match promos, he's like, "Why am I here? Like, why am I fighting Tanahashi?" Like, that's pretty much the entire promo. I don't know. It's just really like that's to me is the biggest issue. Is it just makes those shows feel really, very hollow, and I don't, I don't feel any buzz for the Tanahashi Omega match. It's not like there's that many shows to build it up at this point. I mean, you have World Tag League where the focus will be on the World Tag League. And you have two Korokans, And who and again, who the fuck knows? Like, is Kenny gonna be on those shows? Maybe, maybe not. At this point, who who even knows? And then you have the the Road to Korokan, Road to Tokyo Dome Korokans, which are only two shows, and that's it. Then it's the Dome. So There's really yeah. not a lot of it's not a lot of time to really make this feud feel bigger and important. And to me so far it does not. Like it's I I think we can talk a little bit after the show about like the cards so far, but like to me, it's one of my least anticipated matches of the card. True. Um, as far as this match, the first thing they there was like a really goofy exchange at the start where like Kenny and Tana were both just like avoiding each other repeatedly, I thought looked pretty goofy. Um one thing I noticed too, if you look at the gear, like with finley's Finley had these I think these pants were new, right? These like really black pants. I don't I remember feel him. Like
3: he's worn them like at least once before, but it was on like some B show. No one was watching for some okay. reason. Okay,
2: so they're so they're rare then. it's not new. Yes. Um. But yeah, I mean, like with, with him wearing those black pants and Coda wearing his normal gear, like if you just looked, you'd probably think of was with Tana and Finley was with Kenny. I don't know if that was if that was on purpose. It was you know if that's like setting something up or something. That's really funny, but I don't think it was. I, think it I mean,
3: one can hope.
2: hashtag
3: Um, dump him
2: (laughs) um Finley looked good here I thought after the it looked like the CMLL tour kind of like rejuvenated him I thought
3: yeah like it seemed like I don't know it seemed like over the last couple of months like since he got actual gear he's kind of lost some I don't know if it's steam or if he's just got like something going on in his life that he doesn't want to talk about but he seemed a little out of it and I think like going to Mexico he came back rejuvenated
2: yeah, he looked more like locked in maybe.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and then they get the they hit the golden trigger on Finley for the pin. It was fine. <laughs> I guess that's the best thing I can say about it. Yeah. Uh after that we moved into the three way super junior tag league twenty eighteen final. Show and yo defeating Desperado and Katamaro and Shingo and Bushi. Show pinning Desperado in fifteen fifty five with the shock arrow. Um this I I thought this was quite good. The the booking we'll talk about in a second didn't really make any sense. But the match itself, um, you know, just starting off with Desperada doing a really awesome tope, like all the way into the announcers over the rail. Um the the crowd was like surprisingly not that into it at first, but then Shingo came in and like cleaned house on everyone, and the crowd really got into that. And then Shingo had another really fun exchange with show. Um, and then we had like the the very involved finish. With Roppongi 3K. Hitting the 3K on Shingo. Kanemaru pulling out the ref. Desperado hits Show with the belt. Tags himself in. Uh, and then he gets his move on Sho for two. Bushi missed Desperado. Yo ducks the whiskey spit. And wipes out Katamaru and, and Bushi with a huge dive. Sho hits the powerbomb lung blower. That almost looked like it broke his spine. The powerbomb lung blower. <laughs> like the landing was really bad. Um, and Des- he hit that on Desperado for two. And then hit the shotgun and got the pin um yeah, so i thought it started pretty like quiet and slow but got really good towards the finishing stretch uh, i don't think you do star ratings but i i had this at like three and three quarters so very good match but a you know the i was a little surprised bushi didn't get pinned and then once they revealed like why i was a little infuriated but we can talk about that when we get to the tokyo dome card but yeah, i don't know what do you think of this i
3: am my big takeaway from this, and like this is like a genuine question, like for anyone. I want genuine answers to this. Feel free to at me on Twitter at Big Sad Boy. That's boy with two eyes. Uh did Show and Yo really need to win another super junior tag league? Probably not. <laughs> it's like it seems like there's no point, like they're established, they've been champions, they do well like in singles matches. I think I just don't think they needed this win. Like I think it would have it would have served Tanamaro and Desperado a lot better to win. It would have served Bushi and Shingo a lot better to win than it did Cho and Yo. And that kind of like it's kind of sat with me since then. Like, yeah, the match was good, but like what did we accomplish at the end?
2: Yeah. I mean and then and of course when we find out the dome is just gonna be a three way again. It is really like what have we accomplished at the end? I mean that was the most bizarre announcement in a while. Because it's like, well, why do we have this tag league if the winners don't even get a straight up title shot? I mean, I know they've done this before, but it's been stupid when they did it then, too. So, you know what
3: this reminds me of? This reminds me of those never ending three way tags for the heavyweight belt last year. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's gonna end up just like that to the point where it's like even the people in the matches are gonna be like, please stop putting us in <laughs> these stupid three way matches. Yeah, so
2: you bet the heavyweight tag belts, right? With uh, yes. Yeah, Killer Leap Squad, G O D and God, who the fuck I was ended. the third team? Oh, uh, I wanted to war say machine. War Raiders, but it's war yeah. it's a
3: war machine that. Yeah. I
2: forgot I I forgot they existed, so <laughs> there you go. Um but yeah, this is uh it's really, really weird that we're going to that three way match and I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but not you know like I remember the the voice wrestling count just asking like what what did they actually win? What did they actually won? And I just my answer was they won two big trophies cause they won pair. the same
3: exact trophies <laughs> they had last year.
2: <laughs> like they, well you know maybe they maybe they start in a trophy case now. I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah, so after that we have the never open weight title Taichi pitting or Taichi losing to Goto in fifteen oh two the GTR. Um, okay. If I'm going to complain about the booking on this show, this is going to be the big one for me. Why in God's name did Hiroki Goto
3: need to win this belt back? Damn it! people one? saying that, like, oh, they wanted to keep Goto strong and losing to Taiji made him look weak. I'm like, first of all, don't respect the Holy Emperor like that. <laughs> Taiji is the greatest wrestler who has ever lived and ever will live, and he deserves that belt a lot more than a washed up old samurai.
2: All right, well, that, don't get too mean about Goto, but no, I, I, I just look. You watched that Korkin, right? When Goto came out and challenged him, yes. We can all we all have ears, right? We can hear the crowd chanting "Let's go Tai Chi." Like yeah. that's something they're doing. That's not something because I know I know there's a lot of Tai Chi haters on Twitter. Okay, I know that a lot of you hate Tai Chi, and that's fine. But like Jasmine and I and all the other Tai Chi fans, we're not making that up. The crowd is chanting for him. That's a thing that's happening.
3: Exactly. So. <laughs> and it's like people claim that like ghetto and everyone listens to the audience, but if you listen to your audience, then Taiji would be like the president of the company by now. <laughs> it's true. Um, so there was a let's go Taiji chant right away in this
2: match first of all. So that that started right off the bat. And I have to give a shout to Kevin Kelly, whose explanation for Taiji was so great what well, he just said quote nothing in his life is ever good enough for him he treats everything that could be important with disdain he goes through life with a perpetual sneer on his face i couldn't stop tai chi better and that's why i love him so shout, really? out, to Ke- <laughs> shout out to kevin kelly um chucky t Then also adds that he's quote basically a weird theater goth kid who learned carrier who learned I always said karaoke. Who learned karate? He
3: did learn karaoke, too, actually. He He learned both (laughs) of those things, which makes him even better.
2: But yes. um, But yeah, and that also kind of sums up why I love Taiji, so there you go. Um, So he dropped... This match basically is one of these matches where Goto's like, I'm going to pretend... Well, this time he's like, I'm going to be pretend-unconscious... I like the dome where he's like, hey, Minoru or Suzuki, just like ch- legitimately totally unconscious so I can like recover slowly in this wrestling match, which is still one of the craziest things we've ever seen. But yeah, so Taito drops him on his head with a backdrop like right before the bell. Uh, they sell that he's completely out. Goto, to his credit, he does a great job selling that he's out. And Taito just like, you know, toss him around in the chairs. Uh, he just, Goto just barely beats the 20 count. They're still really loud. Let's go Tai Chi chance anytime tra- someone tries to start the Tai Chi go home chance, um, and then and then here's where the problem and where I think the issue with this match is honestly is the crowd simply was not into Goto's comebacks like at all, and this is where it felt like you know if you were matching Tai Chi up against like a hot babyface and like someone who the crowd really wanted to see win the NEVER title, maybe someone who hasn't had the belt for like the better part of two years, for instance you probably would have had a really great match here because the structure was good. And I thought Taichi was good in his role, but like the crowd just did not care at all about Goto's comebacks, like just dead silent almost for Goto's comebacks. And you need somebody, you need the crowd to react to that. Obviously It's the entire like base of the match. Um, They did finally get a little more into it towards the end. Uh, Taichi got a low blow and a cradle for two and the crowd was actually more into it. I thought when he was on offense and then we got the Dueling Chance again. The Last Drive got two. And Taichi, you know, just kind of lost to Goto. I don't know. Like Goto just kind of fired up. Hit the GTR, one, two, three. Um, you know, I went three and a half on it. I still liked it. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's pretty clear they just went to the well one too many times with Goto. And I feel bad being too critical because I know this wasn't the original plan. You know, it was supposed to be Osprey here. But, like... Mm-hmm it's still like they could have done something else than this and they could have had Taichi retained. So I can still criticize them a little bit because yeah, this was not yeah. good.
3: I will say if he, had, if Taichi had lost to Osprey instead, I would have thrown a <laughs> fit, like a fit you've never seen before. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's good that it didn't happen then, because I think that
2: was probably going to
3: be the fetish. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather it be Goto, who I know is like good hands, and I don't have to look at Osprey until he comes back. So yeah. I I can't be too mad about it, but at the same time, it also feels like why go back to Goto? Like, you, you do you not have anybody else you could temporarily put this belt on who's not Taiji or Goto? It's really weird. It's like, why do we need this? And like, it's supposed uh, to be an feel... open weight belt. So why couldn't Taiji, like, as a way of, I don't know, saying that he's better than all of those juniors he used to be and have had a, a junior challenge for the belt?
2: Well, I mean, that was his original idea. I mean, he said that over the, if he had won the title the first time, he said he was going to only defend it against juniors.
3: Yeah, and, so, like, uh, Osprey had declared he was a heavyweight, like, a week before he got injured. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but it's, uh, like, a thing that happened.
2: I don't even. I didn't even know
3: that. So you said <laughs> it like on Twitter, I believe. Like, he was <laughs> like, "I'm a heavyweight now." Why?
2: Can we? Can I ask why half of New Japan's big storylines are happening on Twitter? I found out really... that the elite left the
3: Bullet Club <laughs> I, on Twitter.
2: <laughs> I showed <told> it everybody else, <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? That was the greatest thing, by the way. I, I had a tweet that went like semi-viral because the the five elite members are six or whatever the fuck. I who cares? They're on Chris Jericho's boat podcast. And they announced that they were no longer the Bullet Club. They're the, just the elite now. And I just made a joke. I was like, for people who, yes, if you weren't aware, folks, because if you weren't aware that the Bullet Club Civil War storyline has really been going on since the Kenny Cody thing in February, so all year long in New Japan, it ended on a boat, if you're not aware. And I have, like, one woman, like, like quote to me and be like, actually, it ended when Cody said it on
3: Twitter a week before. And I was like, how is that any better? You're like, that's no, I would prefer <laughs> the boat. The boat seems like a bigger like, deal than just Cody said it on Twitter like three days ago and you just missed it.
2: Look, they all said on Twitter, John, because uh, they all said this was their final Bullet Club t-shirt design. I'm like, oh, well, that's a much better ending. They're them them being like, please buy our t-shirt and also the book. I club know is, because
3: is... half of the elite blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag unblock me, young blo- young bugs. I told them this in person. I was like, both of you had me blocked on Twitter. And I've never said anything to either of you.
2: <laughs> they both have me blocked on Twitter too. So it's not a very exclusive club, I guess. I but... will go to my,
3: my my many alternate accounts. As some of you found out when I was temporarily banned from Twitter earlier this mm-hmm. year, I have like five other accounts.
2: Yeah, I, I will just go use to the, my many
3: other accounts and complain.
2: <laughs> I just use the Omakase account to look at anybody who has been blocked. So for some reason, nobody ever thinks to do that. Like when they block me, I'm like, you know, I have two podcast accounts, like right in my profile. So if you really don't want me to see your tweets, you should probably block those too. Same, like, nobody, like you know, you I
3: have know? my history blog that I I've updated once and never updated again because I'm terrible. <laughs> Right in my bio, and I can go right on that one and read all of the Young Bucks tweets, which I'm going yeah. to do, out of spite.
2: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it fucking sucks that Taiji lost the title. I don't know how we got on the Bullet <laughs> Club. But, all right, the next match, the British heavyweight title, Tomohiro Ishii against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Ishii retains the title in 1921 with the Brainbuster. Uh This is where the show really picked up for me. I mean, it was just a... You know, I don't want to say an average show, but it was like a, you know, just a sh- kind of, yeah, actually, you know, I do want to say an average show. Kind of just an average show up to this point. But this is where, like, you know, I like the, you know, pure rescue violence, the people beating each other senseless. And this definitely gave me that. Um, you know, they went right at each other right at the bell. It was very, very physical. Ishii started doing his, like, brutal chops to the throat that just looked a worse than almost anything else in wrestling. Um, there was, like, this crazy elbow strike exchange that just ended with Ishii collapsing. Um, he, he no-sold two PKs, one to the front, one to the back, which I thought was crazy. And there was, like, a really cool exchange where he, like, countered a sleeper into, like, this aborted backdrop, which then went into a front suplex, only for Zuki to counter uh, Ishii Lariat right after into his dropkick. You can always tell. I think Super Jake has said this, too. I don't want to steal their take. But I guess I am still under take. You can always tell when Suzuki's like really into a match when he throws that drop kick, because like yeah. if he does not throw that drop kick, he doesn't give a shit. And like, you know he's 50, you know he's a fucking grandpa. I mean it's not, it must be hard for him to get up that high. But like when he really is into a match, he throws that drop kick, and it's always awesome. Um, but yeah, Ishii countered the Gotch into like this really sick reverse piledriver, and it finally pins him with the brainbuster um so yeah i went four and a quarter on this i thought it was really awesome i thought they went a little bit too long at the end and almost like kind of lost the crowd very, very like they came close to losing the crowd but um i so i took maybe like a quarter star off for that but this is still like a pretty pretty much exactly the kind of like really hard-hitting awesome match you'd expect uh what do you think of this one?
3: Oh, oh we'll say i'm no suzuki pervert like some of you on twitter.com <laughs> but like <laughs> Another way to tell when he's really into a match, and a lot of you are gonna hate me for pointing this out, is like he'll straight up start like licking his fingers, with like some kind of weird, horny murder beat. <laughs> he did that a lot in that match, so he's, I think there's very big, big things to come out of this rivalry. Like, not that there hasn't been big things coming out of it, no pun intended, for a while now, but like I can see this rivalry going on at least until Mania weekend. Yeah, Pro I mean, does have a big show in New York that weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean that would be pretty cool. Um, but are you, so that's uh, I
3: wonder if they could even do something at MSG. That'd be awesome. That would uh, be great. Yeah, I assume you're going to that, right? I am. That okay. was the first thing I bought tickets for. I bought <laughs> tickets for that in like August.
2: Yeah, I did too. I got I have tickets to that too. I bought them right away. But I don't know. Do you have like a Mania weekend planned yet?
3: Kind of. I bought the VIP package for the WWM mm. Live thing because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I like spending all of my days inside a cheap nightclub in Queens <laughs> that has really good tacos. If you're going to be at La Boom for menu Weekend, please try the tacos. They're really good. I didn't
2: quite buy the package, but I still bought a bunch of... I have, like, I'll be there all day Thursday. I have Evolve, WXW, and DDT. And I have the Super Show on Friday.
3: Um I might I really learn... wanted to go see Shine because I actually went to like a Shine show. This was a couple of years ago. And I really enjoyed it, but I haven't or been Shine... to it since.
2: Shine I think it's Shimmer, not Shine. Shine... Right. One of
3: them too. Yeah. My is not as, long as long. <laughs> it's,
2: it's okay. Um it's confusing because Shine is the WWN women's promotion, but for some reason Shimmer's the one that runs that weekend. So I don't I, I don't know. Shine's
3: running on like i think they're running on the saturday or the
2: friday one of those two well shimmer is running the friday i know that so and it's Um, the saturday yeah and shimmer i think shimmer is the one i was thinking of going to but it's just going to depend on if they bring in anybody i really like like if they bring any like okay maki ito's already confirmed for the weekend if she if maki ito's on a shimmer show then i'm going to shimmer like that's not even a thing or if like Miyu Yamashita, or like even if they bring over like other Joshi, they,
3: they need go. to bring Saki Akai, but as Saki-sama.
2: <laughs> yes, I that don't would want be her awesome. if
3: she's not wearing the goth outfit.
2: <laughs> uh that would be awesome. I miss Saki-sama. R.I.P. Saki-sama, come she back to back us. Back to France. I know she needs to come back to Japan, <laughs> and then America too. True. Um, but that okay. So, but you, did you like the match? So I feel like we never got to that part.
3: <laughs> oh yeah i liked the match i mean i just i was very distracted by how horny the match was and unable <laughs> to process a lot more besides that
2: okay um the semi-made event see naito defeating zach saber jr in 2012 with the destino um this was awesome i thought i mean i think they've i mean look they've had three matches this year uh the first one the new japan cup match i did not like at all actually i wasn't really into it at all the second one the g1 match the G1 match, like, I gave, you know, when it happened, I was, like, just so fucking angry that Naito got eliminated. I couldn't really appreciate it. I didn't go back and watch it until, uh, like, someone basically told me when I was listing, I was listing, I guess, all these awesome Naito matches from this year, uh, like, towards the end of September. And someone was like, how do you not have the Zack G1 match on there? And I was like, I don't know. I don't remember being that good, but I was really, like, blind with rage at the time. And they were just like, well, you have to go back and watch it. So I went back and watched it again and I was like, oh, actually this match was like four and a half stars and was fucking amazing. I just was too angry to to even notice apparently. So yes, the second one was awesome. This one, I wouldn't go that high. I only went four and a quarter, but it was, it was close. Um, You know, I thought Naito did a really cool job keeping up with Zach on the mat early on, even though he also just made it clear that Zach was better. I just thought, you know, Naito doesn't get a chance to show that he can do that kind of mat wrestling very often in New Japan. And he's actually, like, better at it than you probably expect for somebody who never gets to do it. Um, you know, then it kind of... It, Zach, like... At one point, Naito did, you know, his pose in the middle of the ring. And Zach grabbed him out of the pose right into a triangle, which is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, the match like, slowed down around the time of, like, this count-out tease. But then Naito did this, like, mini mini comeback with... Basically that that spot he does in the corner all the time with the, the ends of the drop kick. Zach like countered it at first. So Nitro had to find like a second way to hit it, which is like a pretty cool little sequence. And then Zach like rolled through the the Nitro top roll rana like right into submission, which is really cool. Um he Zach kicked out of the running desk, you know, which everybody kicks out of now. And then he tried to reverse a regular one into a pin. Naito, like, sat down on that to get the flash pen attempt but it, I thought actually would have been the finish for a second. It was a great near fall. only got two. Zack turned that into his, his like, see, his signature uh, cradle. He pinned Evil with a couple times. And, and Naito managed to kick out of that again. Um, Naito went for the Destino. Zack countered with the Zack driver. Naito countered that into, like, this crazy, like, head drop. It was, like, sort of like a Northern Lights bomb, basically. That was really cool. And then finished him off with the Destino. Yeah, I thought this was a really, really awesome match. Four and a quarter stars. Really enjoyed it. What'd you think, Jasmine?
3: I think like one thing, like you were saying, people forget how good Naito is when it comes to stuff on the mat. Like a lot of one thing, people tend to overlook. He was trained by Animal Hamaguchi. Like this is a guy who knows how to mat wrestle. Yeah. But good point. I think people have become. He's become more synonymous with like, the more lucha brawler type of style like he sort of morphed, morphed into bruce 2.0 at this point and people forget like what he's actually good at on his own yeah and i think this was like a perfect match to show what he can do really in his own style because if you look at old naito matches like he was wrestling like that before
2: yeah i agree <laughs> i mean like like 20 like you go back to like 2011 and as early as that like that naito nakamura uh g1 final like, he's, Naito's, like, like, on the mat the entire time, basically, and it's really good.
3: Yeah. So, like, the match was, I wouldn't say, like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to sound, make it sound like I didn't like the match, because I did like the match. I just don't think it was as good as their prior engagements, and maybe it's just because I wasn't as invested as in this match as I was in either of the previous ones, mm. because, I don't I'm still a little peeved that we never got to see Zack versus Evil because Mm. of jericho and like my heart was so set on that match that it's like the whole the whole match with naito like what's the point Mm. like i I understand you can't fight evil evil because he's in the main event but like why do you need to fight naito what's there for you to gain yeah
2: i mean it almost felt like magnanimous by zach taking this match and letting naito have a third shot at beating him when like you said they had nothing to gain which I don't know. I mean, it's re- weirdly magnanimous for a heel. <laughs> so I mean,
3: yeah, that's a stupid babyface move. Like you're not supposed to take things that don't have any positives for you. Yeah,
2: no, I definitely see your point there. Um, the main event, the IWGP Intercontinental Title match, Chris Jericho defending against Evil, it successfully retaining in twenty-one forty with the Walls of Jericho. First of all, I think we de- definitely have to talk about evil's light spinner <laughs> that made like a pentagram like when, he started, when he started, I ruled when he started spinning that thing i was like that is the coolest fucking thing like i don't know how the fuck i don't know where they got this like how do you do you just walk into like a prop you're, you're like prop department be like okay i want a light up spinning pentagram <laughs> it's like what a weird request but, you know,
3: like no lie, I have a load of friends who are like super into the rave scene, and that's like a thing. Like you can like buy them and customize mm-hmm. them. I'm telling you, Evil is a secret raver. Okay, Keep well there you go. Code. I'm glad you're here to
2: educate me. I learn something new every day. Um, that's where
3: he's getting these ladies from.
2: <laughs> Before we talk about the match itself, I want to say, I think they missed a huge opportunity here. I think Evil should have won. And first of all, I don't think it would hurt Jericho at all. He's, he's Chris Jericho. There's no way it could have hurt him. I think you can still do Jericho Naito um, at the Dome. There's no reason why you can't still have Naito go for revenge and get his one back on Jericho. And you would add another big singles match to the Dome with Evil defending the Intercontinental title, probably maybe against Zach, who, you know, needs a match as well, and we still need to do that match. So, yeah, I mean, I I predicted Jericho in the end in, in the preview, but I laid out that scenario where, like, Evil wins, Evil defends against Zach, and you still do Jericho Naito which I think would have made a lot of sense. And I'm a little bit disappointed they didn't, you know, they, they frankly didn't have the balls to pull the trigger on it. So that's my, that's my take on that. I assume you would agree with me.
3: Yeah. I mean, I say this a lot, but like even though I rip on Jericho constantly for looking like a dumbass most of this year, <laughs> he's still like my favorite wrestler of all time. So like, personally, I don't think, like he wouldn't be in a worse position if he didn't have the Intercontinental Belt, but everyone else is in a worse position because he has it. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I just don't see why they wouldn't have gone with Evil. I think somebody in the office just doesn't like him. I think that's what it is.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think I I, I don't think it's quite like that. I just think it's like they view him as the this generation's Go To, and. <laughs>
3: The you know I don't, like I don't... Look at him and like you can tell like he could do more than what they're letting him do. I agree. It's like but you have I... you have a badass necromancer and you have him losing to somebody's dad <laughs> wearing skinny jeans in a ring. I I feel like in New Japan there always is like I don't know like the generations
2: kind of echo each other and like you know Evo Evil is this echo of Goto and Goto before that I, you probably would compare him to like Manabu Nakanishi who won a bunch of tournaments. He did, although Nakanishi did win the IWGP title, but it was like, it was almost like a, a brass ring title and it was very brief. But, um, you know, before Nakanishi, maybe you could say like, I don't know, Strong Machine or somebody. But like, I, it feels like they always have some like beefy dude with a crowd likes who wrestles a powerhouse style and like really like, you know, can, can win any time, especially in like tournaments in the G1. But like, can never quite get the job done in like the big main event title match. Like it feels like that's a New Japan trope. So I don't know. I think I think it's pigeonholing evil to put him in that spot, but that feels like that's his spot.
3: Yeah, and my other big well, it's not really a complaint. Cause like back to the match, I. I liked the match. I didn't think it was a bad match. Like I don't think I've ever seen either Chris Jericho or Evil really have a bad match, and I'm including Evil's match with Yoshihashi from the G1, which was <laughs> not great, but it wasn't bad. But like, I just I don't know. Like, what's the point? Like, just looking at it, it's just like, what's the point?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just to kill time for Jericho, I guess.
3: Like, if you go for, for further with this program and have Naito challenge Jericho, it's like, why would he want this belt back? I
2: know. <laughs> that's the big he literally question. tried to
3: destroy this belt like five different <laughs> times. Why would he want it back?
2: I mean I I I believe me. I definitely agree with you there. It doesn't really make any sense that he wants this stupid belt back. Um but yeah the match I really like the match a lot and I think you know it was a Jericho to me is two for three because I, I I didn't like this quite as much as the Nitro match the Night one I went four and a half on this I only went four flat which is still a very, very good match, obviously. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the I
3: did not like the Omega one at all, though. I did I mean I was you know? kind of I feel like I was kind of in the minority, at least from what I saw, of like people who I'm not really a big Kenny Omega fan. I don't know if I've made that clear at any point in this show. I just I'm not a big fan of his style of wrestling in general. But I actually really like that match because mm-hmm. I feel like Jericho pushed him out of what sort of become his comfort zone yeah which is I mean, like I don't a million v triggers
2: yeah well i mean that's definitely true he definitely did not <laughs> spam the v trigger a thousand times i it was i don't know it was, it was too like it was too slow and like it felt very wwe to me which is just not what i want when i'm watching a new japan show whereas like jericho came out like that naito match to me felt like jericho having like a lucha brawl which that was like you know when was the last time Chris Jericho had a lucha brawl you know so it's like that that to me was like super interesting and super you know super like really really fun here I almost like in between and I, this this to me was like the most New Japan style of Jericho's three matches like it, it felt much more in line with that with the house style than he's felt in in the last two
3: yeah
2: and I don't think that's a negative at all I think you know I think he's he's adjusting to it and I think it... Really worked, but yeah, this to me was like the most New Japan esque of the three matches. Um,
3: Jericho seemed like, yeah, Jericho think,
2: seemed to like it a lot.
3: Yeah, that speaks a lot to Jericho's sort of ability to adapt. Like he's really been like a chameleon over the past almost thirty years. Where if you look back, it's like looking at different people. Like there are distinct eras of Jericho. Yeah, but you can look back and see like he was completely different at this point than he was at. Another point. Another thing that happened in the match that I don't know if it was really obvious to other people, but I noticed Jericho is really good at remembering when he's supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah. And a lot of so-called heels nowadays, like, if they hear the crowd cheering for them, they'll play up to that. But if Jericho hears the crowd cheering for him, he'll do something immediately to remind them, like, hey, you're supposed to be booing me. You're not (laughs) supposed to cheer for me. Yeah. And I think Um, that's kind of a lost art nowadays. Yeah, I agree. Um,
2: The STO through the table, that was pretty crazy. I mean, just for Jack, I'll be taking that bump at his age. You know, he's really, he's earned his money at the very least. Um, There was a really cool counter too, where he like countered the the evil Larry into like a code breaker, which I thought was a really, really cool counter. Um, And then evil, like when he finally hit the, he hit the STO in the ring after countering Jericho coming off the top rope. That was probably the best near fall to match because I was watching this unspoiled and I thought Evil was going to pin him there for a second. So that was really, really, really good near fall. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought Evil looked good in defeat, so that's good. I mean, he looked strong and you know he hung there with Jericho. I just hope they've you know they follow up on it. I don't really know what he's going to be doing um, at the Dome. I mean, if it's him and are winning the World Tag League again, I, that that feels like a step back to me. But,
3: it, it feels like a step back, but I also feel like the World Tag League, like it's kind of there for the guys who need a match but have no other match to compete for. Yeah, like you had Maccabi and Homa win like was like three years in a row. <laughs> was, like, who so, was asking for that?
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't remember how many years it was exactly,
3: but it was a. Bunch. It was at least two, yeah. which is too many. They didn't need to win <laughs> even once.
2: Uh but yeah, that's the show overall. I, I like the show quite a bit. And, you know, even though it was clearly like like a treading water show from a storyline standpoint, but they like almost every power struggle is, honestly. Yeah. Um although they, they didn't have any of those big moments like last year. Or last year power struggle had, you know, I think did it have Switchblade's debut and Jericho's? yes yeah so i had that's a and really i that, believe
3: that show also had the tanahashi ibushi match yeah, if I remember correctly. yeah
2: that which is awesome yeah so it was not as good as last year's power struggle which was a really really good show but it was still like still a good show here and to me just to you know it just focused around guys that i'm into more than like you know omega and tanahashi and you know, you yeah. know i mean I'm, that seems unfair tanahashi but i love tanahashi He's just in a really stupid feud right now so i can't really do anything Indeed. about that
3: i would say Um, this show was fine in a bubble like if you look at it on its own it wasn't a bad show but if you look at it as like progressing stories it was kind of just there
2: yeah which is a fair point i mean it didn't really do a lot for anything um i mean you know the end of the show obviously naito came out and saved evil and set up the the match jericho but i think everybody on earth knew that jericho and naito were going to wrestle each other at the dome in some way whether it's for the title or non title So I don't think that was really like it's tough to call that a big progression when you could see that coming 10 miles away. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so let's see here. Let's get, before we get to the questions, let's look at the Tokyo Dome card real quick since we have a bunch of matches for it now. Um, first of all, the three way for the junior tag titles Katamar and Desperado or Punky3K and Bushi and Shingo. Um <laughs> can't believe we're doing this three way again. But do you, I? I assume Punky Three is gonna win here. It wouldn't surprise me if Bushi and Shingo won. Um, I, I, I really, I, I assume Kanemaru and Desperado have no chance. But I thought they had no chance like twice already, and they were retained
3: both times. So who the fuck even knows? Yeah, I think like kind of like well, this is kind of like the story of Bushi's life in the junior division, where it's like he seems to always be getting the short end of the stick. Like how many times has he has he lost to Kanemaru and Desperado? It's been like, mm. him and Hiro have like two matches with them, I believe. And then he's having these matches with Shingo, and he's still losing. So it's like, I was like, if know. he doesn't win at this point, why do you keep putting him in these matches? I guess because he's like, he's a safe, he's a safe set pair of hands that you can put anybody in, and they'll have a decent match. But, like, at the same time, it's like, why do you keep putting him in these situations just to have him lose? It makes him look like, a, look like a dork.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the match, and that'll be probably be pretty good. But, like, how excited can you be when it's the same match we just saw, you know? Um, yeah. Speaking of matches I'm legitimately very excited for, it, probably my most anticipated match of the show, I mean, either this or the you know, IC title, Kishida against Taiji Shimori for the junior title, this could be like, this to me is like the sleeper. Like, this could be like, it could be like a five star match, honestly. I mean, Taiji's been awesome in New Japan. He already had a five star match in Hiromu. Kushida's Kushida. I mean, he always finds a way to come through in big
3: spots, especially. I mean, this could be like really, really, really good. Yeah. And I feel like this is a situation where no matter who wins, there's, well, there's really one clear challenger I have in mind for either of them, and that's because I feel like him coming back has to be a big deal, and he has to come back and win the belt. Otherwise, it just kind of feels like, it'll kind of feel like he was robbed, really, yeah. which he kind of was. He was robbed by injury, but to have him robbed again would be too much, I think. Um,
2: but yeah, I, I I totally, you know, I, I think that that match could be maybe for like New Beginning, which would be like, I mean, honestly, Hiromu versus either one, you could main event a New Beginning show with that if you wanted for his return yeah. and everything. Like that would be a big, big match. Um, Okada versus Jay White. This is, this to me is my wild card so far where I like the build a lot. Um, you know, I've really been into the build of this match. Will they deliver like a really, really good match in ring? I don't know. Um, I didn't. I didn't think the G1 match was that good. I think it went like three and three quarters, which is you know a good match, but not like a classic or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I so if they can really like deliver an awesome match here, I think that will go a lot way to, a long way towards um, shutting the Jay White critics up. I'm. I think they can pull it off. I guess we'll have to see. But at the very least, it's been a fun feud, which is more than I can say for the main event.
3: Mm-hmm. I actually really liked their G1 match, which is, I mean, obviously, because, you know, aside from being the number one evil stand, I am also known as a Jay White enthusiast. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss my boy. But at the same time, like, I thought that match, like, they don't necessarily gel together, like, perfectly. But I think, like, part of the problem is their styles. If you really look at Jay White and Okada, like, Side by side, their styles are very similar to each other.
2: Yeah. And I think point. that
3: they're so similar that sometimes it's just like two birds crashing into each other. Like it looks cool for a hot second and then you realize you just watch two birds crash into each other and they're <laughs> probably both dead now.
2: <laughs> um, but we'll see for the match. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, let's say. That's what I'm gonna say for that.
3: I think it will be a decent match. I don't foresee it being bad by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah,
2: I agree. I just it, like if if it can get to like a really really awesome match, that'll go a long way towards making this like a a very good show, so we'll say. Um yeah. then the the IC title match Jericho Naito, like of all this card, this is the one I feel most confident in just because they had a really awesome match at Dominion and you know, Jer- I'm sure they'll come up big again. I mean, what there's really no reason why they won't. Of course, Yep, and in the main event, the IWGP Heavyweight Title, Kenny Omega versus Roshi Tanahashi. All I can say is, I hope to God Tanahashi wins. Kenny, I hope you go to NXT, buddy. <laughs> I've had enough.
3: <laughs> Honestly, I think I think Kenny's done like all he can do in New Japan, and at this point, I think he knows it, and that's why he's sort of like treading water. Yeah. I mean and, the
2: last like the last six months in general with the elite guys it's just like I understand your your contracts whoop de do it just feels like the entire promotion is treading water waiting for these fuckers and it's just ugh
3: yeah and the other thing is like I I hate to say it but I don't see this match really being any good. <laughs> Like oh, you only to, said it there. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you to even get that. Far. Not to bag on Tanahashi at all because I think he's a great wrestler. But like a lot of his matches, to me, just like they start out really hot, but for some reason they just sort of fizzle out past mm-hmm. a certain point. Especially when he's going up against guys that are like younger than him. Like when he's going up against guys that are like established guys, he'll it'll still be a fun match, but, like, for example, those matches with Jay, where it's, like, the one thing, I don't want to diss my boy, but they were not great. Like, they were all right, but it's just, they sort of fizzled out.
2: Hmm. I like the G1 better than the Tokyo Dome, but, yeah. Um, so, I don't, I, I've been going back and forth on this for the match quality. Do you remember the matches in 2016? Because I was trying to, like, the, the Omega, the Omega Tanahashi, they only had one, I guess, right, for the IC title? Where Omega beat I, Tanahashi for the vacant.
3: I'm gonna look this up because I'm I curious. Actually, like, my brain is like, I'm trying to like yeah. go back in my memory banks, and it's like <laughs> I feel like I've just wiped that from my memory, and there has to have been been some sort of good reason for that.
2: There was so there was. I definitely remember the one where it was a new beginning, um, and Tanahashi, you know Nakamura had, had vacated the Aichi title, and Omega beat Tanahashi at New Beginning to win the t- vacant title. Uh, what the fuck? Really? No matches were found? I know they I know they have fought each other. What are you talking about? Gauge match- okay, there we go. Yeah, but it's just the one. So Kenny Omega beat Hiroshi Tanahashi in twenty nine ten on February 14th, 2016, the new beginning in Niigata. I really have no memory of that match at all. Yeah, like, it's like I-,
3: I know it happened. <laughs> like, said I knew what you were talking about, but at the same time, it's like, I know it's a thing that happened, but could I tell you what it was like? No. I, I can tell you, according
2: to Cage Dramats, Dave Meltzer gave it four and three quarters. So I'm, I guess I shouldn't be surprised when I, when I, mean, I That was sort of
3: the beginning of him giving pretty much any match Kenny was in a baseline of four stars. So.
2: <laughs> I would say a baseline like four and a half. Honestly. Yeah. Like, like the the Meltzer Kenny scale at this point is like four and a half is okay. Four, anything below four and a half is garbage like four to quarter is garbage anything good is four and three quarters five stars is like great and then anything above five is like awesome but yeah um so i don't remember this match at all maybe it'd be interesting to go back and watch on the other hand it's 29 minutes long so i don't know if i'm gonna do that yeah um i so what happened is they were supposed to have another one it's supposed to, i think it was supposed to be a ladder match and tanashi actually got injured and they had to yank him so it ended up being kenny and elgin in that ladder match instead um yeah. Which again, I barely remember,
3: but with reason.
2: <laughs> I know some people really hate that match, and I just, I was like, every time it comes up, I, I try to think about it. I'm like, did I hate it? I don't remember if I hated it or not. Um, but yeah, I was very down into Japan 2016 in general. Wasn't a year I, for them I was into really? So maybe I just wasn't paying great attention. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so Kenny and Tanahashi, the first meeting since then, I. I mean, look, Kenny
3: has had some matches this year that I really, really liked. I mean, I mean like, Kenny is not a bad wrestler at yeah. like, at all, but there are some people where it's like he'll have fantastic matches with, and there's other people where it's just like okay, yeah. No, I definitely hear you. I mean,
2: like I was going to say, um, in the G one, he had a really awesome match with Naito. You know, he had a really awesome match with Ishii, but then he had a really disappointing match with Ishii when he defended the title against him, and you know i I did like the okada match even i know some people did not um but yeah i mean he also had like some of those other g1 matches were so fucking terrible and especially like some of the ones i saw get hyped like the zach match uh the sonata match the juice match just not good and
3: i think kenny's had like great matches like over i would say he was better last year than he was this year which is weird i would agree probably I have to think, really think about
2: it, but probably, that's probably true. But yeah, I mean, like, so I don't know what to make of this. Is what I'm saying. Like, I know I really hate the build. That that I can tell you right away. That I think the build is really stupid. I hate all that work shoot craft. I don't know what to make of the actual match. It just we don't we don't have a lot of examples of these two together mm. to see what kind of chemistry they have. Um, I to a degree, I want to say I have faith in Tanahashi to pull something out in a Tokyo Dome Man event. To the same degree, I want to say like Kenny Omega has just been like I haven't seen him do anything I've liked since I guess the Ishii E G one match, so he's on quite the negative run with me right now. Um, but yeah, I mean like you know even even the Ibushi G one match I found it to be a pretty massive disappointment. Um, I thought his
3: I honestly if I had to think back to the last Kenny Omega match I watched and thought this was a good match, it will have been, and this was like quite some time ago. If you really think about it. It was when he defended the U.S. title against Trent Barrett. <laughs> that is a long time. That was a long time ago. That was at least yeah. a year ago now. Yeah, and that was like the um, last match where I really watched it and thought it was good. So something's just telling me that it's not. It's not going to be bad, but it's not going to be one to write home about either.
2: Well, I guess we'll say it's going to be an interesting. One, I'm very. I'm, I'm. I. I can't say I'm looking forward to it because I'm not. But I'm. I'm like intellectually curious let's say about the quality so we'll see how
3: it turns out but do you have any predictions is kenny gonna leave is he gonna stay part of me hopes he does leave mostly just because i want to see him it's not i don't like wish him bad or anything like that i want him to do well but things i want him to do well elsewhere because i feel like he's got a problem where he'll stay at a promotion for so long that it's like He 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 sees no way forward. People booking him see no way forward, and it's just he ends up stuck in a rut. And I feel like he's been stuck in a rut for the past year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's time for him to go somewhere else. I told—I mean, I totally
2: agree that it feels like he's—he's done what he can in this promotion. It probably is time to move on. I don't think he will, though. (laughs) It's a thing. I don't—I just like my predictions. I think he's just going to stay, unfortunately. But um, I hope he goes. I mean, that's where I'm at with him right now.
3: I don't necessarily hope he, like, goes to WWE. I think it's time for him to, like, maybe go back out on the independent scene and do something like that. Yeah. But I actually genuinely thought he was, he had a much better case of being the greatest wrestler out back when he was still doing independent matches against, like, people like Mia Yim, like, two or three years ago. Yeah. That's
2: a good point um but yeah i don't know i mean like i mean if he went to to ring of honor even like he could like single-handedly bring that promotion to a greater relevance if he stayed the entire year there yeah You know. so i don't know i mean i think they should do something you know and give it a give it a different you know get like just do something different and you know let's shake things up i think new japan needs a little shake up too anyway so you know i think it would help all around but who knows all right, so let's get into some questions here. We did get a few questions. Um, first of all, at Lu Tang underscore Secret, do you think the 2018 Bullet Club breakup was ever a planned storyline by Gato? Um, I assume I, I mean clearly it was a storyline. Like as that was going to end with the elite just dropping out of boat. No, I don't think that was planned. I think that's just kind of how it ended up happening. And I saw people on Twitter basically say like the elite sandbagged the angle. You know, and if they if they were a little more interested in really... Like, like there's no good reason why it couldn't have ended in a five-on-five elimination tag at King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle or something. Like, there's yeah. no... Like, they should have been a, ma- a match for the name rights. Like, if you're really booking this out and doing it correctly. So I I don't know who I blame for this. I, I mean, Gato probably deserves some blame, but I think the Elite guys deserve just as much blame. I think they sandbagged the angle. I, know I think,
3: talking. like, this whole angle was kind of stupid because it's like i feel like the elite should have left the bullet club a long time ago they shouldn't have had it shouldn't have had to come to a civil war like they should have just left Mm. because they were essentially their own unit to begin with and it's like if you have a group but that group has its own separate sides then you're not really a group so why are you so together it's like a bad marriage it is kind of like a bad marriage,
2: which actually transitions great right into the next question. Uh, Kato Potato asks, says, please give reactions. And it's a picture of a tweet that says, "Abushi is in a loveless marriage. Kenneth said he could make it work again, but he's back to siphoning their savings in the startup projects with silly names with his old coworkers that do lean. Young um, Bucks
3: for sure do lean. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you th- what's your reaction? my reaction is that the coworkers who do lean are for sure the young bucks i don't know if both of them would do lean i think like matt would still do lean and nick used to do lean but he got off of it and now he like smokes a lot of weed <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean like I, I yeah that's pretty
2: much it right i mean poor coda is practically giving these eyes in his all of his post show promos that are like Please save me. <laughs> he's like, like, please <laughs> let me out of <laughs> I want to go do backflips and samurai gear again. Like get me the fuck away from this man. Um, okay. At Tokugawa. Have a... Oh, okay. This kind of there's a little involved, let's say. If you had the book but had to keep the current champions, what would your Wrestle Kingdom card look like?
3: I'm not a big fan on Wrestle Kingdom having rematches for titles but i'd give evil his rematch because i feel like he's got more of a bone to pick and more more reason to want the belt than naito does that's like my the one thing that immediately left out into my brain Oh well, that and i'd also have the junior tag match be just a straight up match between desperado and kanemaru and shingo and bushi like I wouldn't have Roppongi 3K in it at all because I just feel like they're not needed at like at a main event level right now. Other than that, I can't really think of anything else. What you just said, the
2: I would definitely agree with you with the junior tag title match. Um, I would definitely go with the Kanemaru and Disfrotto against um, the Shingo and Bushi. For heavyweight title, I would do Omega Naito and have Naito win. It's a very easy answer for me. I mean, I love omega Nitro matches. I think they've all been great, and obviously, I want Naito to win the title, so easy. Um Yeah. I see title, I would do Jericho versus Minoru Suzuki. It's like a, a match, I just I have no idea what that match would be, and I would really like to see it, so I would do Jericho and Minoru Suzuki. I think that'd be incredible. Um, I, mean, I don't know what it would be. I mean it could be terrible, but I think it would just be so interesting to say that I would love to see that match. Um junior title I keep exactly the same honestly. I think Kushida ishimori is an awesome match, first time match or, or actually I guess they had a match during the Super J Cup, but first time in a while. yeah I think it could be really good. Um never title, I guess I guess go to Goto Obushi might be the plan anyway, but that that could be a good really good match, so I might go with that. And then I don't know for the heavyweight, the heavyweight tag titles, I guess. Maybe Evil and Sonata. And then the six man tag titles. I I mean who gives a shit about those belts, honestly. So uh, there you go. Let's see. Next question here. Okay, uh, at K O D P T Who should take the never from Goto and how soon?
3: Any thoughts on this? Well, I think it should have never left Tai Chi. That's my first thing. <laughs> Back to Tai Chi. I would like. I would prefer it to go back to Taiji, but at the same time, I don't want them to ever have a match again, at least, <laughs> or at least for like a good six months.
2: I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm going back to Taiji, so that's my pick. Uh, at Anwar Starwind will show versus Shingo main event a Best of Super Junior show next year, or will Shingo be heavyweight before that? I think they will get one Best of Super Junior out of Shingo at before he, they ever turn him heavyweight, at least. Yeah. So so I, I think, think that will... I think that will be a main event, probably. And that'll be an incredible main event, honestly. I can't wait for that.
3: Yeah, I think... Well, it's sort of... I don't want to say it's clear, but it does seem like Shango's really only a junior as a placeholder for own, Even though he is, like, a deceptively small guy, like, I don't think people realize he's actually, like, really short. He's just wide. Yeah. But... I think they'll at least have him do one best of the super juniors before he goes heavyweight because I feel like yes. that's like a tradition. If a guy comes in as a junior heavyweight, he's got to have at least one best of the super juniors before he goes heavyweight.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it would be I mean honestly, I mean that the best of super junior was pretty awesome this year. Can you like next year you add Shingo to that. That's going to be like incredible.
3: Yeah, there's so. a lot of potential great matches in there. Yeah. So I I hope they I mean they you know,
2: not that Shingo won't be great as a heavyweight too, but like you don't have to rush everything i mean you can let it breathe a little bit you know
3: yeah and shingo's kind of used to working a junior heavyweight style because really everyone well just about everyone in dragon gate works a predominantly junior style yeah they're very lucha based promotion
2: yeah so there you go we're in agreement let let shingo stay junior through BOSJ. i think he probably will but all right, so that's all the questions we have. Thank you. As always, we send them in. Um, if you want to send in questions, we always take them on our Twitter account, which is at WrestleOmakase. Not wrestling. The wrestling would not fit. Uh, Jasmine, thank you for coming on. I had a great time. And, you know, definitely have you back on in the future. Do you want to plug anything? I know you mentioned your blog before that you've updated once. And also, your obviously, your Twitter account.
3: Yes, thank you for having me. You know, you can, everybody can follow me on Twitter at Big Sad Boy. That's boy with two eyes instead of Y. Uh, I do also have a wrestling with history blog. It's wrestle underscore history on Twitter. I'll get around to updating it again at some point. I promise I will. But I do have an entire blog post about basically why the not so fabulous moolah was a piece of shit. <laughs> and i would say some, some of my final work there so you know be sure to check that out yeah
2: I did read that post it was really good so um, definitely check that out if you have time uh, folks thank you as always for listening I don't know what next ep- week's episode is going to be usually before I plug it but I really I don't have anything planned yet for next week so of course follow us on Twitter and I will let you know as soon as I do have a plan I have a couple like ideas but I haven't finalized anything and after next week that we'll be getting into our year in review series which is always an exciting time here at omakase so stay tuned for that and award ballots have gone out so of course all the omakase guests have their award ballots for uh 2018 so that's always exciting i've gotten like four of them back already which is like crazy like i thought i was sending them out way too early and like four people just like nah i've already seen all the wrestling i'm gonna see this year apparently here you go
3: I was going to (laughs) wait at least until like the beginning of December before I did anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. That's what I'm probably going to do, too. But I just wanted to like get them out really
2: early just to get them out. I didn't actually think people were going to do them already. But, well, it's cool. I know two people said two people picked Crown Jewel for Worst Show before it happened, which I thought was really funny. And they were right. They were apparently right from what I've heard. All right. Thank you again for coming on, Jasmine. Thanks for having me. And folks, we will see you next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Goodbye.
1: Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app firehouse subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only plus tax prices may vary for delivery.